Welcome, everybody, to the Between You and I Bad Grammar podcast, and this is number five, and we are on an awesome Sunday, and there's just nothing better to do on a Sunday than have a good conversation with an old friend. So today, um, I'm super psyched. We have Roderick from Sky Cries Mary, and we are going to go way back um, <laughs> to talk about everything, and so I'm excited, and uh, so Welcome. Hey, thank you. It's it's this is awesome. It's like bicoastal bipolar or something. I know. I know. It's cool. And we figured out <laughs> Skype and so we're super psyched about that. It is uh, exactly. Yeah. We got like a whole new level. Now I feel like I could call anybody anytime in a really annoying way, like <laughs> I wanna talk to you. Um, but so you and I kind of started talking, uh, and we were gonna just save it um for the podcast. But like I've known you since I was I knew you before when I was 20, um, remember yeah. you, cause you went to the UW and I, right. Got, we had a forestry class together or something. Right. Like, so, I mean, I knew you way back in the day. Um, and, uh, and then when I was 21, I ended up going to, uh, France through the university of Washington and stayed. And then you and I hung out there and I told somebody this story the other day and they were like, what? Like, um, <laughs> Cause I was just talking about all the cool things I think you've done. And, and I was like, well, and, and all the things that you have like accomplished. And I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but like you were number one in the state of Washington in tennis, right? Like I love tennis. And I was like, you, you kind of don't do anything half-ass. It seems to me like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm super obsessive. That's for sure. Like if, if I was going to do tennis, I was going to play it like six to eight hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but yeah, like I think the first time we met was um, in a forestry class or something like that at the University of Washington, and I was in pre-med, so I was going to be a doctor. Oh my god! And that was just <laughs> yeah. And so my roommate Scott, he was also in the pre-med program. That was like my we had an apartment together, and then he was like, "Holy hell!" Like you know, he had you know he was totally had a crush on you, and I was like, "Come on, Scott, give me a chance." And then um. And Scott's like, no, no, no. And I think you guys might have dated a couple of times. And then we stayed in contact, and then you moved to France. And then I got into grad school in Paris. And then I was like, hey, I'm coming to Paris. Um, where are you? And you were like, I'm in Nantes. And I'm like, okay, I'll come see you first. And then I think we went out to the coast, like to, uh, I don't know, Biarritz. Like, Britannia or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. Biarritz or something. Mm-hmm. And then um, you hooked me up with a friend. And he was going to Istanbul through the Eastern, you know, block. And, and I was like, oh, I'm all over that. You know, because that's how I am. I'm like, oh, you're going somewhere? I'm going somewhere, too. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so then I went through Romania, Bulgaria, former Yugoslavia, into Greece, over to Istanbul. And then I realized, like, oh, I'm going to be late for class. I better get back to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love and then, it. Like... <laughs> go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, just think about that in that time span. You were like, oh, I was going to go pre-med. And then uh, and then I and you had also kind of started to do music thing because you had met up with the Posies, right? And you were doing the Grinder Cease, right? That was. It, oh, God. Good memory. Yeah. Right? So what happened was when I was in Paris for grad school, I was like ran out of money. I was living in a squat. You know, if people don't yeah. know what that is, it's like illegal housing. And I was just like, you know, stealing bread and wine and cheese. And I had nothing. I was like a rat, you know. And so um, 
then um you know i walked into this uh record store and i said hey will you sell my cassette from the music i wrote for my senior thesis at the uw and then suddenly it was like i get a call through a girlfriend of mine because i didn't even have a phone because i didn't even have a home and um you know, she says, Hey, Roderick, you know, at the next day in college at class, she goes, I got a phone call. They wanted to talk to you. And I walk in to the record store and they're like, Hey, we're actually a record label. Um, we want to sign you for two albums. And I was like, okay. You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I drop out, you know, from the grad school, I fly back to Seattle. I hook up with Ken and John from the Posies and we kind of like, this huge snowstorm came in and so we locked ourselves inside uh john hour's house for like 10 days and made the first album for like 500 bucks on the task and you know a track i love that yeah yeah back in the day right so yes i released i released that and then europe you know was really into kind of industrial music at the time and they responded like massive you know melody maker jumped all over it and then um i was like oh i Guess I'm doing this now, you know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, I was like, whatever, you know. If anyone wants to give me some attention, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think so, about you know. <laughs> I think about like when think about that. You've gone from like I'm pre med to now <laughs> I'm going to go to the. You were going to the Jacques Lecoq like mind school, right? right? God. Wow. And then, How do you know all this? Yeah. Because it was totally, I mean, these are things I remember about you that really stuck with me as examples for me, just so you know, of what <laughs> I admired about you is because um, just your willingness to like uh, put yourself out there, number one, but also follow your intuition and your bliss, right? Like I probably yeah. felt a little more guarded about that, but um, but you went and did that. And I always remember like you, the story about you going into new rose records, right? That's, it was new yeah, rose. Exactly. And just yeah, like, Oh, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go to Jacques Lecoq mind school and, Oh, I'm going to walk into this record store. And I it always <laughs> stuck in my head, even through like hammer box days where I was like, if, yeah. you know, like Roderick, if you just put yourself out there in a bunch of places, somebody, something will bite. And, um, <laughs> and I always admired that. And then just your like willingness to sort of like, Oh, I'm here. And Oh, you're going to Romania. Yes. I'll go with you. And, um, and just your exactly. willingness and courage, more courage, I should say, seems to me to follow your intuition. And, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's just being really naive, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, more than like, you know, getting out of my own way. Like, I just don't think about stuff. I just like, I get it. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, like my whole life's been that way. It's, you know, I, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really want to write, you know, history papers and stuff. So I wrote plays and I performed them for the, you know, the, the two first class, you know, first grade classes. And I did all that through sixth grade. And then I was like, they said, no, you actually have to write something down. And I was like, oh, fuck, hell. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you can swell on. Like, but it's yeah, like, yeah. I was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, no. And then um, and that's when my, my science brain kicked in. So I was like, okay, like my dad and my brother are doctors. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know. And then it took like another, what, I don't even know, 12 years later when I decided that this was going to be my passion was theater and music, you know. Right, yes. So, yeah. Did so it's like that time in Paris, you know? Oh my God. Did you have parents that were, I mean, you seemed like you'd have parents that were like, all right, we're letting him follow his bliss and like embrace like how, what works best for you, you know, like through school and all of that. 
Well, they knew I was different. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, that's a really polite way of saying uh, that I was Roderick's crazy. But nice. Roderick is different. And so, um, you know, when I went, you know, like my mom, she passed away three years ago. and But um, her the whole time I had with her was just like, Roderick, do what you want to do. Do what you feel, you know, is important, you know, that you feel like follow, like you said, follow your bliss. And, uh, yeah. you know, and my dad was much more practical, like, no, you have to be a doctor. And if you don't, I'm going to cut you off. Right. So, you know, right. But um, him, him cutting me off from all finances was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because right. then I was like, okay, I got to, I got to make my way, you know, like back, you know, I don't want to retract too much, but it's like okay. when I was at the UW and probably when I met you, I was illegally living in Hutchinson Hall. You know, I lived in the tower. Yeah, I had nowhere to go. So I had no money. My dad cut me off. So I, you know, cut the lock off the um, top lock in the very top tower of Hutchinson Hall and put the same lock back on. And I snuck in every night through a ladder, you know, through a window that I always kind of jammed open. And then I went up there and I slept there for like a year until they caught me. You oh, know. my God. Yeah, I feel like I remember awesome, that. Right? I feel like hearing about that. I mean, isn't. I love that because I'm like, what amazing times where you could finagle spots and things for yourself. And I've always, I've really felt like ignorance is bliss. Like the thing I miss totally. about the start of anything is like, I don't know any better. Like, so I'm not going to worry exactly. about it. And now yeah, I yeah. feel like I know too much and it's a burden, you know, <laughs> like I, I have to deconstruct like the knowledge to be like, okay, yeah, I know you have all these experiences, but you, like, can you let them all go so you can be a new you know, and fresh and continue on. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is getting out of your own way. Basically. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, you know, just, you know, can't think too much about it. You can't force anything. Things just have to happen at the same time. You just have to be available. So that's so true. That's kind of the key, but I can't, you know, again, I can't even think about being available. I just have to, be available. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, so we're uh, going to get into a super know, metaphysical conversation and I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, um, so I, I came to visit you and not, mm -hmm. and you were, um, working for this family and that guy was like a backgammon, like champion. And <laughs> I, Remember, and I lived up in the attic with you, yeah. and then I went, and then I went to Europe, and you know, and um, like for me, I went through all of former Yugoslavia. I went through everything: Herzegovina, uh, you know, uh, everything, Bosnia, Croatia, all the way. And then, um, yeah, like I said, I had to get back, so then I ended up back in Paris and uh, did grad school, and then I got the record deal, and then I went back to Seattle and I recorded the first album with the Posies, and it got but it was like a Sky Cries industrial album. And then um, it got really well received in Europe. So I we went back to Europe for a year and just kind of uh, did, you know, industrial tours. And then I came back and, um, and then that's when I met, you know, I hooked back up with Anissa who I met in art school. Cause I worked in the cafe there. That's right. You know? Yeah. I worked in the cafe and Anissa walked in in like 1985 and we we were friends for five years. Then I went to Europe. She went to Oxford, and then um, and then when I got back, she walked into this uh, vegetarian restaurant that I was working in on Capitol Hill. And then I was like, "Oh my God, there she is!" Because I was always in love with her, you know, like Aww, deeply, awesome. deeply in love with her. Yeah. And so then, um, 
so then she, you know, I asked her to come in and sing on some songs for the second album. And, um, and then one thing led to another, you know, and then three years later we were married and, you know, and we were married for 18 years or 19 years. It's like, you know, oh, wow. a long span. And I know. Right. And then, um, and during that span, you know, we got signed to Capitol Records and we got signed to Warner Brothers and we did all these cool things like opening for Neil Young and all these, you know, for a summer and all these really cool things. You know, we were yeah. the first band ever to play on the Internet, like back in 94. Yeah, we were the very first band to do a global Internet concert, which was awesome because then, you know, things kind of got crazy and good for us for a while. And then. Ever since then, you know, then we went into a decline because the music industry was imploding at the moment, right. which I'm sure you understand. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, it was just totally imploding. There was like, oh, you know, if we can get you in a movie, great. Otherwise, we're going to drop you. you know? Right. So, you know, so then we went back to, you know, just indie music, which is, you know, what I love. I love just, um, you know, just making music for music. I, it's not about yeah. the money and for sure. I never really made much money. There was a time when I did and I bought my house in Seattle and did all that. And right. Anyways, you know, so much well, has happened. There's so much under the bridge. Oh my God. I know. Right. And it takes so much therapy to like, no, just to like get through <laughs> it. I, uh, I, it was so funny when I got back from France, it, you know, I think that was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. Just learning to speak French. Right. And everybody, I mean, I'm a right. terrible, I'm a terrible student. And so, I knew I got that job because I was like, I need yeah. to be, I need to be forced. I need all the Americans to leave. And exactly. for a good three months, Oh God, it was like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. And <laughs> anywho. So, uh, and I remember like, yeah, we, um, you came to visit me and we went to Biarritz and remember like we, to we had enough money for like one hotel room, but like you had met some people who I think the folks you went and traveled with Remember at some like abandoned, like castle, or hotel. Holy heck. Did you come to that castle? I didn't. Okay. Here's totally a personal thing that you're going to, I mean, this is kind of gross, but when I was on that trip, I totally, <laughs> I got my period on that weekend and I had no money. And I just was there like, I'm literally going to have to, I have to live in the water because I'm just bleeding. And I was like, and I just, and, and you get emotional too. So I was like, I got really uh, emotional and like, I ain't gotta go home. I need to go home. Like I just felt really vulnerable. And so, no, I didn't go on the adventure oh, with you. And so like I rode oh. the train back, just like, I feel like I go home, like just scared or whatever. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I admired oh it, but I felt much more. But did you get more. to that castle that I lived no. in? No, no. Oh, my God, that was amazing. It was a castle squat. Yeah. Like, it was, like, in Biarritz. Yeah, I still have, like, bricks from there and stuff, because <gasps> I collect stones wherever I go. Love I still it. have that. It's in, like, my big, you know, treasure chest or whatever. Sorry. I love that. And, uh, yeah, no, Biarritz was great. Same thing. I was so broke. I was stealing cheese and, you know, we, were, we would run and by no and money. grab yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> and sometimes they have wine bottles kind of lined up for like, you know, the tours and we just run as mad. And like, if there was eight of us, then like three of us would steal and the other five would like deflect. And then yeah. we'd all go back to the castle and have a party and then we'd go you know, meet girls and do the whole thing, you know? Yeah, it's so amazing. Because <laughs> we were, like, super punk. You know? Right. <laughs> but it's one of the few times I feel like in in my life where I was completely okay with the uh, 
I'm usually pretty okay with the unknown, but like, yeah, I had taken a trip to England and like ran out of money and had to beg money the whole way back uh, to get Isn't home. That and, insane. Yeah, and like that? willing to do it, just like, hey, got any money? Like, day. whatever. Um, and I think I had to leave Biarritz also because my train pass was running out. Like it was oh, right. the end date. And I was like, I have to skedaddle or I can't get home. Cause you're right. We had no money, like zero. Oh, yeah. And so well, you should have hooked up with my friend, Jeff Casper, cause we learned how to forge those Euro passes. Oh so my God. Go <laughs> he was so good at it. Like wow. he worked for like, uh, he worked for like police start so he could go in the offices and you know do these mass mock-ups and then laminate them and then we could go anywhere at any time for free do you remember yes do you remember going to uh remember when we went to paris to that huge concert that was um i can't remember if it was gay rights it was touche mon pot and uh yeah that huge concert and we it was you you and i well, I have these pockets yeah. of memories, like where we were with Patrice and you and I, and yeah, I can't. Maybe my friend Jana was with us. I can't remember, but I have one yeah. particular memory where we're all together, and then somehow we got separated from you. And I thought, oh my god, we're never going to find him. But we were <laughs> all walking again. around, <laughs> never because it was that packed. And literally, I remember we were standing somewhere, and the seas parted, like people parted, and you were standing right there, and I was like, rah, rah, like. <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably like Peter Tall or something. Was oh my god! Stage. You know, it was like there was like some serious great reggae going down. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. And yes. I was like enamored. I'm like, oh my god! You know, yes. that's like Max Romeo or someone like <laughs> someone who I totally love. You know? It oh was something god. like that. It was a legendary yeah. reggae. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, God, you were psyched. You're like, I'm drifting off over here to go see this. And I'm like, where is he going? And like trying to keep everyone together. And like, but I remember, so fast, fast, well, fast forward to like, um, when I got back and it was, uh, for me, it was like, okay, if I could do that, I should try anything I've ever wanted. And I don't even think you and I had talked about like, oh, I can sing or something like we, we never talked right. about that and then no i had no idea you had such a beautiful voice i had no idea that you were gonna nobody did (laughs) launch this well same with me you know it's like it wasn't like i was like some singer it was like you know it's just suddenly you're just like oh i want to express myself in this way and then you must have just suddenly discovered i have a voice you know like an insanely beautiful voice it must have been just like shocking to yourself on your way like wow i can open up this way and express my poetry and well, I thought it was amazing because I, I, mean, I grew up doing choirs and things like that, and so oh, like, I, okay. I knew I could sing, but I never, I never, I never put two and two together. And I grew up in the Tri Cities, right. and so it was like you know, there's hardcore bands, but there weren't other bands, and just me as a person never. Um, I never once was like, man, I got to get in a band. I loved listening to music, but it wasn't until I right. got back from that trip in Seattle had so much of a music, once again, a music cycle rising up and it just was everywhere. And so I was like, oh, well, I should try that. That would be, you know, like, I want to try being in yeah. a band. And like you, it was like, that's <laughs> as far as I thought about it. I was like, oh, I should try that. That's all I thought. Whatever. Like, <laughs> how did, how did you find, you know, the band? How did you find the guys? you know, well, to like, oh, let's, yeah. I want to sing with you. I want to jam with you. And then they're like, holy hell, she's got this amazing voice. How did that happen? Well, funny enough, you are in the story. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> I answered an ad and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in synchronicity and kind of the universe and, you know, yeah. like all yeah. the things like if you just let it happen. But anywho, so yeah. I had in my <laughs> mind as it goes, had decided like a real internal decision, like, yeah, I want to do that. I didn't, I didn't think anything more. Um, but I, I literally <laughs> opened up the rocket and answered this ad um, the and rocket. Being, yeah. And <laughs> I answered it because they had like um, vocal influences like REM and then like Annie Lennox. And I'm a big new wave person more than anything. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, OK, like I can relate to that. So and the ad was Dave and James who d didn't know each other. Hammerbox was a, a mixture of people who didn't know each other at all. Like J uh, yeah. Dave was from Kentucky. James was from Tennessee. They had started playing and put this ad in and I answered it. And literally, again, not knowing anything, I always laugh about this. I'm like, they were like, oh, do you have a demo tape? Do you have this? And I was like, I don't got any of that. I'm like super lazy. I was like, no. Um, yeah, it's like freaking 1991 or yeah, 90 I, or something. It's like, I, we had a demo tape. I know, right? Like, <laughs> like I have no idea. I have I a like, VH. <laughs> yeah. Like me, uh, when I was four or something. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was like, you're just going to have to listen to, you're going to have to let me come out there. And, and I, I do feel like, you know, everybody has things that they're capable of if you try them and like, they started playing and I just started singing. Cause I think I've always had and enjoyed like pop melody or I have a, yeah. a tendency yeah. to hear it out of music. And so that kind of blossomed and then so where you come in is that you and i intersected a lot remember i you lived in an apartment with nils bernstein and jeff uh and i can't remember jeff's last name in the warehouse the prudential building down in pioneer square do you remember that uh oh i might have lost him did we did we lose him we might have okay hold on let's uh call him back yeah, it looks like he yep. dropped off. Yeah. Okay, one sec. Okay. You got this down now. I think so. We got it down, though, now. Look at us. We're like, yeah, boom, hang. Go get him. <laughs> We're super pros. Yeah, I'm in my studio, and if I walk into a different part of the studio, and I like to talk and walk, um, I think there's a cutout. So I oh, okay. I'll stop walking. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to pace back and forth. That's all you got to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. So I was okay. telling so okay. I was telling the story about how um, Hammerbox came together, and I had answered an ad in the Rocket that was Dave and James first, and then I sang with them. But then the second part is where you come in, where you lived in the Prudential Building in a warehouse with yeah. Nils Bernstein and Jeff. What was Jeff's last name? I can't remember. Oh God, Hayward. Hayward, and yeah. I and and Charles Peterson lived upstairs. Right. So my friend Elise and I um, and Samara took over Charles's apartment. He he moved out and we moved in. And you took over Charles Peterson's apartment? Yeah. On Alaskan? Yes. Oh and literally my bedroom was right above your bedroom. Like, because uh -oh. you had like incense, <laughs> like, and it wasn't like, it was like thin walls, just in terms of like, you could smell incense and all this stuff. And uh, <laughs> Jeff is the one who introduced me to Harris. Who uh, ended up being the guitar player? But God. oh, isn't that wild? Small world. That's so I had no idea that's how that came together. Yeah, and here's wow. okay. Here's a memory I have from that time is um, you and you probably still do, but I fell in love. Your journals are so intricate, and I remember oh, seeing you. like one of your journal books and thinking, "Oh my God, that's amazing!" Like, 
um, just how much you, uh, how much you put in them and how much visualization you do and, uh, drawings and cutouts and words. And, um, I always thought those were amazing. And I always sort of like, was like, Oh, like visual, you know, these are like vision boards almost. Um, that's that's uncanny because I was just, uh, cutting the collage out of a lead belly. Right. And just the justice morning and paste me into my new journal. I have like 80 journals. I don't even know how many. I'm glad. Are you saving Um, them? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in my. Oh good. I have a library. That's library. awesome, <laughs> because they're kind of little pieces of artwork, don't you think? Like at some point, it would be cool. Oh, to- they're so. Yeah, they're so important because it's like you know something can happen, and you know, say like I just went to Scotland, and um, I was there for two weeks lecturing at different universities, and it's just like, cool. did that? And I come home and I go, did that really happen? And then I'm like, oh yeah, because. I cut out, you know, my train stop and I cut out my like flight ticket and then I cut out, oh, you know, the university thing. And then I cut out something from the newspaper from that day. You know, it's like, then I go for me, it's like, oh yeah, that really did happen. Right. Like they're just archival. And of course, in the end, I'll give them over to my daughter Petra and, you know, she'll be like, oh wow. You know, that'll be amazing. She calls me dad. She goes, dad. Not, not like dad. She goes, dad. <laughs> <laughs> dad. Hello. Yeah, yeah. dad. Like, like almost like an A and an O together. Like, dad. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, wow, you remember my journals. Yeah, like a yeah. massive journalist. Yeah. Well, they I really, lost them. Though you did? Well, they were really influential to me. I sort of like, I think I have some kind of started, but I think it must be a good meditation for you too, right? Does it help you be very present? And also like, just does it help you like get out ideas and just continue like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Get the creative. It looks like that. I thought, I thought those were amazing. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I write songs. It's like, um, I don't write so much like in, sometimes I write in a kind of an esoteric spiritual way. And sometimes it's just exactly what I saw while I was walking down the street right. or even something I overheard or, you know, and then I splice it all together. And sometimes the songs are just a big blast, you know, like gliding or something yeah. where it's like, I just sat down and the whole thing came to me because I was outside, you know, the prison where, you know, Jean Genet was locked up, you know, oh, like wow. in Bastille, you know, and I just sat on a bench and then suddenly I just got the entire song rushed Ooh. into my brain and I just wrote it all down. And I was like, you know, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, stitching, you know, pieces together. And then, uh, you know, a lot of it's like, um, for Sky Cries, it was like, you know, it would start with Ben Ireland, you know, he would start this rhythm and then I would figure out the meter and then I would say, oh, that matches this lyric. And then, oh. you know, and then the bass would come in and then the guitars would come in, and you know, and, and then Gordon Raphael, who went on to do yeah. the strokes and all that stuff, he would come in and, you know, and the whole song would be written. And then Anissa would come in with these harmonies and then that was the song, basically. So That's cool. That's a full collaboration. It yeah. is. It's all collaboration. My whole life is a collaboration. It's just like that's nice. You know. You know. I should get advice from you too. So I'm starting to. I have. A, I have a couple of questions in my head that just run like. Uh, oh, nail them at me. Yeah, sure. Well, I. Um, 
one, I'm starting to put together, uh, a re- like starting to think about like doing another record. And my big thing in my head yeah. is I want one, I want to be very present. I really want to savor it. And I also want a buddy, like a partner. And this partner needs to have like orchestration knowledge and care about the songs. Mm-hmm. Cause anything I write is pr- pretty personal. Like, and I yeah. was going to share with it you too, like be. my yeah. mom passed about three years ago as well. And wow, I'd love, wow, I'd love wow. to talk to you about that. Um, but it's, yeah. it's some of these songs are, I mean, my stuff's always personal, but this really feels like a passageway for me. Her passing is a massive, uh, difficult passageway for me because it's, you know, like a pinnacle yeah. parent who was your core when they leave. Yeah. It's, it's such a giant hole. And my little yeah. spirit is very like, I, I have to go do this on my own now. And, and sometimes I really struggle with that. Like you're not here anymore. Mm-hmm like a large pillar is gone. And so it's just this slow move through grief. And, uh, and then that takes yeah. you really internal to your own foibles and your own crap. And so waiting through that just to hopefully come out on the other side, right? Like just, it's heavy. It's so heavy. You know, like when my mom passed, um, my sister, Nikki, who I adore, you know, she's like mm-hmm. absolutely my best friend now you know, like she tried to, um, commit suicide, um, the night before my mom's funeral. So it's like, you know, so there's like my mom's passing. I'm the one doing the eulogy. And then my sister can't be there because she's in the hospital. And then, um, and then a week later, Anissa asked for the divorce. So I was like, I was just slammed. I was like, I had, you know, I had to move out. I had to do all these things. My mom just died. Oh my and God. And about Nikki. Yeah. So I was just like, that threw me into like, you know, a very, very, very um, dark place, you know, that took, it's still taking me time to process because I didn't know what to mourn for. You know, my sister right. Nikki now is like three years sober and is a crisis clinic person. She's just awesome. like, kick, yeah, she's like, She's awesome. She's like the cool, coolest girl. And we actually are writing music together. Oh my God. Um, that's so great. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's working on my new album with me. It's like, it's, it's amazing. And we have this totally new relationship because, you know, she's eight years younger than me. And I kind of, in a way raised her. She was like, okay. I really felt she was my responsibility, you know? And so, uh, I adore okay. her and it's so cool to be doing music with her. Um, yeah, you know, the whole processing is because it's like, you know, it's not like some parents, you have a little disconnect or, you know, a little regret or, you know, something probably like your mom and my mom was just like, we, you know, she was my anchor. She was everything. She was who I went to and, um, she was always there for me, you know? And so when that happened, it was a major, major crush for me. I didn't do anything. I didn't do any art. I didn't do hardly anything. You know, I locked myself away in some desolate apartment in the East Village for Did you? months until my friends dug me out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, I mean, because I've seen myself through phases of up and down, like, I've, I've, talked a lot about like when I hit about 38, I hit like a depression wall. Like I, I, I could see it as the, yeah. I, I think at some point I started to slowly, this is, this is what happens when you don't 
follow your intuition and, and side with yourself. I always say like, because sometimes opportunities that come to you are inexplicable, but it's your, you, it's your path and it may not make everybody happy, but, um, but also in artistry, I feel like there's ups and downs where, especially in the downs, you've got to find a way to be really solid on the inside, have a good posse. And I was always really alone. Um, and so consequently I, I like, I didn't reach out for help. I, I I wasn't in the habit of it ever in my lifetime really to reach out for help. And I slowly kind of lost myself. And at some point I really hit this wall of unlike I've ever felt in my life where I just hit the wall, fell down and was like lost. Like I don't, I couldn't even tell you what I like to eat. I don't know what to do next. I can't figure out where I am and just lonely, lonely, awful feeling. Yeah. I would stay in bed for like, Literally two weeks at a time, you know, to yeah. where I just never got out of bed, you know? Yeah. Like these guys, these, one time I had like come out of like one of my like, you know, 10 day, 12 days in bed. And then I wake up and there's like these four guys, these really big dudes in like blue, like jumpsuits. And they're like, you're coming with us. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, I, I thought they were like aliens or something. I was like, where did you come from? You know? And they're like, you're coming with us. And I'm like, how did you get in my apartment? Where's your warrant? What, you know, what are you going to do? And they're like, we can take you in the hostile sense, or you can go with us peacefully. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and so I tried to ditch out my door to get out of my apartment. You know, I had like a doorman. I had like, you know, I was living in this like luxurious apartment. I'm like, <laughs> how did you get here? And then they like handcuff me and then like nail me to the bed. And I'm like, you can't do this. They didn't do this to like Brian Jones or Brian Wilson <laughs> from the Beach Boys. He was in bed for a year. And I'm like, and then I'm like screaming and I'm like, I got to get over to Julian Schnabel's place because there's like a memorial for Lou Reed and you know, I have to get there and they're like, no. And I'm like, I got to get to Schnabel's place. And I'm dressed in this like Egyptian Galabea gown, you know, like, you know, like, like I'm basically in an, in an Egyptian dress (laughs) and they're like, so they handcuffed me and dragged me out of the lobby and like, you know, everyone there is like a gazillionaire and they're watching me with my long hair being dragged out of the place. And they're just like, what, com- you know, what crime did I commit? Well, Robert, then, who were these guys? Who were they? Were they, your friends had called somebody to come my, get you? Yeah. It was kind of like a um, super intervention. It wasn't like sit him down and say, I think you should go to rehab. They were just like, <laughs> you're insane. You haven't left your bed in 14 days. Your hair is all matted and you haven't eaten. (laughs) And I'm like, well, come on. That's, you know, I'm grieving, you know, I was like, holy hell, you know, because Lou Reed from uh, the Velvet Underground was my uh, absolutely best friend. We had breakfast, you know, every Monday for years. And, uh, and, uh, and then when he passed, yeah, Lou Reed was my absolutely best friend. We, 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 
he's my mentor basically. Oh my and God. So, this uh, is what I love about talking to you is like every, we'll tell a story and then all of a sudden there's something like what you were having lunch with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I had breakfast with him every, every oh, Monday okay. if we were in the same city, like, oh, you know, God. whether we were here in New York or we were in San Francisco, we were in New Mexico, we were in Berlin, wow. wherever it was like, that was our thing. He was like, he was everything to me. And then, so his death triggered a whole like new grieving thing that I just didn't understand. Yeah. Like, so I finally started grieving my mom because I was, you know, I'd already passed through the whole divorce thing and yeah. uh, my sister was doing great. And then he dies and then uh, it just brought up so much. So I just locked myself away again. And then that's when the guys in blue showed up and like tried to put me in the loony bin. And I was like, I'm like, you can't do this. And then, you know, then they had like 110 questions to see if they can lock you down for 72 hours. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I got all those tricks. It's just like, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No, blah, blah, blah. No, blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, you know, just say no to everything. Right. And then a few yeses and then just get the fuck out of there. You know, so. <laughs> I love that. Here's how it goes. Yeah. You're going to say no to this and yes to that. And they get the bug out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. And then the next week I'm, you know, doing his eulogy. Wow. Um, lose and then that's when um, like Bowie David Bowie walks in and he sits right in front of me and um, and I'm like oh holy hell you know like right. it's, it's already like this you know insane you know there's Michael Stipe there's you know yeah. Bruno, and there's all these people and then I'm reading the eulogy and I'm like what the hell am I doing this for wow. you know <laughs> and then um and uh, and David was so sweet, you know. He's going to really talk to me afterwards. He goes, "Wow, you know, you really, you really understood him." And I'm like, "Right." Well, thank you. You know, it's like, yeah. So um, that was really beautiful. He he was a sweetheart. That guy, you know. I met him, you know, maybe five times, but it was like, yeah. Every time it was very personal. He's not right. like the kind of person who just like shoots the shit. He's just like, right. He gets right down to it, and then he's done. You know, so yeah. it's like, maybe it's three minutes, maybe it's five minutes, you know, and it's just, that's what it is, you know, so, well, yeah, my so next art show is with Laurie Anderson, that's going to be cool. Oh, wow. See, you, yeah. you, I swear to God, you lead this, like, magical life, even if it seems like it's been, I'm sure you're like, hey, it's been up and down and rocky, and I completely understand that, so, but at the yeah. same time, kudos to you for just leading such a magical life, because you allow your spirit to be open so i i find that tremendous about you well thank you um you know it's it, it just goes back to what we've been talking about it's just being open you know it's like you just gotta like i there's no advice for it it's just right like, you know you can't force anything um yeah you can't like sit down and go i'm gonna write a song today you know it's like God, yeah <laughs> i'm gonna you know <laughs> i'm gonna make a new treehouse design. It's like, no, you just got to like, wait till it feels right. Like right now I'm like going to, um, work. I'm going to have an art show that I have to install on Tuesday. And I still haven't finished like this stone sculpture I'm working on. And so I'm going to drag it out onto my fire escape and then start grinding on it. Cause it's Sunday and no one's going to really yell at me, you know? And <laughs> that's, you know, that's the last piece I have to do. It's like I have 18 pieces going to this gallery and it's like, it's like, you know, okay, 
Right, <laughs> I'm just right. going to do it because it's like I just have to crawl out there, plug into my grinder, and then place the stone on my fire escape and just go at it until someone really gets hostile. And then I'll just drag it back in and do it again like an hour later. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know That's it what seems... I'm going to do today. That's my day today. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I feel like you've stayed really present and close to like, does this, you know, uh, if you're doing something, you can tell me, but I'm like, you seem very like, I'm doing what I like to do. Like you enjoy your work and you love it. And so it's, I think it's a good place to be to let go and not try and control things or try to control outcomes. Uh, That's something I'm goaling this year about music is to let go of control because I can tell intuitively that certain answers aren't coming yet. They're just not here yet. And I, um, I I think I have to, like my gut is very like, you have some massive internal things to deal with before you go lead these classes you want to do, you know, like some other things need to be like worked out. And so I'm just trying to open up and go with the flow. Like, all right, like need to be, you know, cause I want to, I want to get back to that really intuitive making choices. And, and also I'm excited about the magic. Like I want some magic shit to show up. I love that when synchronicity happens, I'm like, I geek out like, magic abounds you know (laughs) yeah you know your heart gets filled with like basically it's love but it's really blood you know your heart just like expands and you're like it's like you're in love again you know it's like it's like that infatuation phase you know but it's with art you know and it's like you're you're passionately involved again in in something that is like a child in a way you just you're going to manifest something but you don't even know what it is but you just feel invigorated you know like you're in it you know it's like and so you know that's that's where i'm at with this new album is you know is um i'm just trying to write it like as a book you know chapter by chapter right you know just um okay so i have this theme and the theme is like, there's this thief and the thief is like, you know, the negative side of my persona and he's trying to steal my energy, take away my muse, you know, like, um, take away my wings in a way like in gliding is kind of the thing. It's like only a thief would understand just how I feel. Only a thief would understand just what to steal, you know, that kind of an idea. Like, yeah. so, so I'm kind of like, you know, trying to like fight off this, this thief. He's trying to steal my pen in the end. It's like, he's trying to take away my creativity and you know, it's not like, it's not religious. It's just a thief, Yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, so it's like, don't take away my ability to express myself. And so I'm fighting this thief and that's like all the songs are thematically, structured in that way and then it's also a lot of you know heartbreak you know but it's mostly about it's mostly about you know that it's like you know there's this dark energy that's trying to take over my light basically and so that's what i'm working through and um it's fun it's like you know i got asked to be a part of this um to write music for this film um, which was going to be the the last days of Jim Morrison in Paris. Oh. Um, and so they said, you know, Roderick, will you write the music for this film called The Last Beat? And um, I was like, 
yeah, and I like, what's the, you know, what's the premise? What, what do you need first? And they're like, okay, so he's walking into this Algerian uh, bar where there's this band from America and they're just freaking out doing like psychedelic, you know, just rock, you know, and it's 1970. And can you recreate that? And I was like, that sounds perfect for me. <laughs> you know? Yes, I can. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, yes, I can. And so, uh, you know, I flew uh, Ben Ireland, my drummer, mm-hmm. um, who's probably one of the greatest drummers of all time out of Seattle. Oh yeah, he's definitely in the top five. Oh, and yeah. um, so, by far. And so he comes out and he plays drums, bass, and guitar. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and then. Um, I lay down the vocals and it was just like, it sounds like that. Like if you walked into a, you know, like if you're in Telegraph part of uh, Paris and there was like an Algerian bar that Jim Morrison walks into, what would it sound like if there was a band on stage? And right. so I, did, I, so I started that way. So I was like, okay, now I get it. And then I thought about like when Morrison was like writing just pure poetry in Paris, you know, and walking around with lyrics in a bag and just like, so I've kind of taken that as like, a, I don't know, I guess that would be my muse is like, that's where I'm going with all of this. I'm just writing, you know, oh, poetry. So cool. Yeah. So that's, that's the new album. It's a, it's a lot of poetry. It's a, there's some, some songs, so-called songs in there, but it's, you know, it's beats and guitars and bass matched to my lyrics and, I'm just having a lot of fun with it, to be honest. Yeah. It's like I'm it kind of like, like recording it. different stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm recording different stuff in different cities. Like I've recorded in Bergen, Norway. Wow. I recorded on Maui. I recorded here in New York. Um, I recorded in Hamburg. You know, like different places. And then piecing it together and seeing who's inspired. You know, like we got these people from Romania to remix a couple things, you know, because... We're just going to see how it goes. And, and and again, it's like, I want it to be free. Like, right. I'm not into music for money anymore. Yeah. I, well, I never really made any money off music right. <laughs> for one. It's, it's tough for anybody, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not really in it for the money. I'm like, I never made money. <laughs> like, what am I talking about? <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> you know, back in the day, maybe, you know, Right. Get a song in a movie. It's all about movies now. It's like, I know. There's no A and R. There's no um, you know, there's no nurturing of a band. It's like you either nail it or you know, you're right. dropped. It's just like so fast. It's you like what? wow. You know? I what I like, you know, I've been saying to myself for a year is like, I just I I really want adventures. Like I'm not worried about the business of it anymore. But what I do want yeah. And I'm opening my mind up to is I want adventures. Like someone say, well, what would that look like? And I'm like, well, like I want a website and I want to make music and put it out there. And I was like, if I can play a show in Montreal, I'd love that. If I could yeah. go to England on a little tour, I would love that. You know, like whatever that adventure exactly. is, I want that. Do you feel like adventures show up when you need them to like the things you're getting asked to do kind of like when an opportunity shows up, how do you, no, to be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then do you feel like it's like, oh, wow, this is showing up for a reason and look at what it's helping me do like internally, you know? Well, I used to feel that. I, I definitely feel that way. But um, 
lately, you know, as I'm getting older, it's just like, I'm like, you know what? It's not showing up. I'm just going to go. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and, and then I, you know, I throw something out, like say university in Bergen, Norway. I'm like, hi, I'm coming to Norway. Would you like me to speak at your university? (gasps) See? (laughs) And then, you know, and then they get back to you and like, you're coming to Norway and you're coming to Bergen and you build three houses around the world and you're in this band that made 13 houses. Yes, we want you, you know? And then I'm like, okay, great. And then I go and then I have an awesome time and I hang out with all these like grad students and architectural students and music students. And then we have this like, this, you know, this relationship. And it's like, I would never have thought, you know, because my, my grandmother came from Bergen Oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah. So I'm Norwegian. Like, and then, um, and then like, you know, like whatever it was three weeks ago, I I got back from Scotland because my great grandmother and my great grandfather met at the university of Edinburgh. And so I was like, I reached out to them. I'm like, I want to come to Edinburgh. Can I speak at your university? (laughs) And they're like, you know, and they're like, of course you can. And, um, we will um, put you in a hotel and we will feed yeah. you and everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm on a plane. And right. I did it like in two weeks. I just like, okay. So I went there and then that went well. And so then they said, what about the university, um, you know, in, in Versailles? And I'm like, sounds good. Yep. And then, so I go up there and they put me up in a hotel and I was like, okay. And then I go to the Isle of Sky by myself. And, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, See, it's back in the day. You just got to go with it, you know? I know. Just like, put yourself out there, you know? Well, and it's see, like, you're still doing it. Like, you're still doing your forte, that which I always admired about you, is you put yourself out there. You're still doing it really well. Like, hey, it's I don't whack, know. You know. Yeah, but it's, but it's, it's awesome. It's so awesome because you're making things up in your head and saying, why not? Hey, you know, like, what about doing this? You know, or, hey, would you like that? And you're making you're making opportunities for that door to open to do something you feel like doing. And you've always been good at that. Um, that's a good part of your spirit. Like, so thank you. Talk to me about the treehouse making. Like I found out about that a while ago, but how did you start? I mean, I'm not surprised. The first thing I thought about was your journal and I was like, Oh, I'm sure that's some shitty, like, and then he turned it into like a business. Of course he did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the cliff notes are um, back in like 1997, there was this amazing, uh, amazing, beautiful uh, woman from Mexico who was like an entrepreneur and uh, she loved Sky Cries and she she had a hundred acres outside Olympia and she said, I'm going to do like a hundred acre art show. What would you do? And I said, oh, well, I would... um, I would, um, you know, I'm thinking, and I'm like, I would build a nest up in that, you know, in one of your trees. So as people went to see the art, they could come up and have tea, climb back down from the tree and go see more art. And then not even thinking that the treehouse itself would become art. You know, I just was like, oh, it's a little station for people to, yeah. you know, kind of get, you know, some, you know, yeah. some tea. And so, um, and so she's like, I love it, you know, and she gives me a check for like 15,000 and I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm like, you know, it's 97. And I'm like, oh, I could probably build something kind of cool for this. And then she goes, this is just like the beginning. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> you know? And then I'm, and then I'm thinking like, what the hell am I thinking about? I don't even know how to build a freaking treehouse. Like, you know, <laughs> you know? but it didn't stop. And so you. I reached, yeah. No. And so I reached out to friends and I'm like, here's my concept. It's going to be like two pyramids oscillated by each other. One down. Uh-oh. Hello. I think it's dialing him. Oh, yeah. There we go. I even found a faster way. <laughs> you are getting so good at this. <laughs> oh, did we cut out? We did. We did. Okay, where were we? You were talking about you had met the woman and you um, she had offered you money and then you had your designs and you went out and got friends and described what this nest would look like. Oh, okay. Cool. And so then um, what happened was... Um, I built that one. Then I built one for my brother. And then I went to Italy um, to hang out with Sting, the musician, and his wife, Trudy Styler. And we yes, were, you do. <laughs> yes, I do. Of course. And, uh, and so while I'm there, I show him the first two tree houses. And then Trudy, Sting's wife, is like, we have to have one. And I was like, okay, great. You know, but then like 9-11 happened. And, um, you know, and then everything kind of just kind of decimated out. And then, um, and then, um, then I was in a yoga class and Trudy Sarah was next to me and she goes, Roderick, when are you going to build that tree house for us? And I'm like, tomorrow, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> get me out of New York. And so sure. I, she said, we'll bring drawings over tomorrow. So I stayed up all night and I made drawings. And then she sent me to Italy to find the right trees at their property that I'd already been to. And, um, and then, you know, I, I spent four months with Sting while he was recording an album and his whole family and we had dinner every night and, wow. you know, you know, it, it was crazy, you know, like Elton John shows up. You know, oh my because, God. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, Paul McCartney shows up. Okay. Jeez. That's cool. You know, I'm just like, you know, <laughs> let me eat my food and get the hell out of here before I get too drunk. You know, <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> and so, um. <laughs> so I spent you know four months in in, in an altered reality, and then um you know and then they turned me on to Donna Karen, so I did one for two for Donna Karen, and then she introduced me to Julianne Moore, the actress, and then Julianne turned me on to Val Kilmer, and so I did one for Val in New Mexico, and it just kind of went like that, and suddenly yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not really doing music right now. I'm, Yes, I'm in, I'm building treehouses and sculptures, <laughs> and I guess that's you know I didn't even think I guess it's just like you know this is what I'm doing right you know because it's like this is what I love right now I love architecture I was so inspired you know by Barcelona and by Paris oh, yeah. and by you know everything all the places I've been to Istanbul everywhere I was like okay this is you know whatever this is one I didn't even think about it I just this, in in retrospect, I would say this is where I'm going, but it's not what I thought in my mind. I was like, okay, right, you know, you know, because everything else had dried up. Like I didn't have a label. Um, the band was really dormant, and I was like, okay, I'm just you know. And Lisa was in grad school for painting, and so I had my focus, and so I did that, you know. And then, um, you know, I built like maybe thirty treehouses in that time, and then. You know, and then I fell 30 feet out of a tree and uh, ended up in a body cast. That was pretty Oh, similar. my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, 
yeah, so I fell 30 feet. I thought I was paralyzed. I ended up in a body cast for six months, you know, and and then when I got out of it, you know, Anissa was like, we should have a baby. And I'm like, <laughs> I agree. Let's, let's do that, <laughs> you know? And then, like, two weeks later, she was pregnant, and I'm like, all right. Okay. You know, we went we went to Hawaii. I'm like, let's go somewhere. Let's very relax and we we know that, you know, we should, you know, if we're gonna conceive a child it has to be somewhere very, very peaceful. And uh right. so that's what we did. We went to Maui and and that's how it worked out. Now I have a ten year old daughter who is the love of my life. She's everything in, in the world to me and yeah. that's it, you know. Oh, I get it. So I feel like I have a seven-year-old too. And I, and especially with, uh, with parents passing, um, the, I get more, much more appreciative and grateful for my little family between my husband and I and Orion, because I, I really, uh, it's, there's very few people that I feel like I have as, uh, touchstones. And, um, and I think you need that as you go through life, especially later, like when I feel like at our age right now, like rough, rough things do happen or, you know, I guess they kind of do through life, but at the same time, they can kind of pile up and getting through oh, them. Yeah. God, you really count the people that are your sanity touch points or also like mentors. And um, I, I've always wanted to, but I've, I've decided, and this is kind of a big thing about this podcast is like, I've decided to reach out and actually participate in and talk to my peers and open up and, and be sort of like, well, how is it for you? Like, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> you know, as we walk yeah, through exactly. this life and be more together, you know, like be, commune more. Like I really take personal joy and like, Hey, I'm re- I'm touching base again because I want you to know I'm here and say hi. And if you ever need a good spirit or someone who, yeah. you know, I'm a real person, you could call me like, I feel like shit. And I'll be like, I got you. Okay. You know, yeah. like, Exactly, like um, Charles Peterson, you know, like one of the greatest uh, rock photographers of Seattle oh, yeah. by far. You know, I still reach out to him because he's just like the real deal. Right. You know, like, and Nils Bernstein, he came over to my house like two weeks ago, you oh, know, for awesome. dinner. It's like, yeah, Nils was here in New York and Kathy Marr, you know, and yeah. there's like people from the old school. It's like, yes. we're all very, very close, you know, it's like. Um, and then there's some that are so distant, but like, it's like Ben Ireland and my drummer, it's like he and I are brothers and like, I'm going to go, I'm coming to Seattle in like, I don't know, two weeks or something after my art show. I'm dubs hanging out. Um, I dubs time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We should, because, you know, and so I'm going to record on his new album. It's like Kurt Danielson from Tad and, you know, and it's Ben and guys from Love Battery, you know, and Mm -hmm. so... We're making this, you know, I'm going to sing on four songs and it's like, it's a totally different style for me, but it's like, I love Darren. So I'm going to like, I'm writing new lyrics for it right now. And, and then with the new album, I'm, you know, I'm writing new songs like every week. And so we have like six new songs for this new album that I'm putting out called One Moment, you know one point moment still, which means basically like one point moment still is kind of like Kabbalistic. It means like you're like, you're meditating on one singular point and it's light. It's not dark. It's light. And I'm just like, I meditate on that every day, every morning and every night. And so it's like when I ground myself that way. And so 
the whole album, you know, there's dark and light in the album, but it's like, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it's you know, not we, all, you know, we're humans have, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, basically. Oh, yeah. I get really hyper-focused on, and I like it, um, thinking about the preciousness of being human and a person. And so um, that's been right. really tripping me out lately is just thinking about the your 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 time on this planet like and what what you're going to do with yeah. it and and that it is yeah. if you believe that like what am i doing during this time on the planet i've gotten like a different perspective but um we also we i want to play songs from your new stuff too and so uh, okay. tell me which one you want us to to kind of sample at first and we're going to have links to it what would you if we were going to play it right now which one would you want us to do a little tidbit of oh is this whole thing live um, we're going to record it. And then what I'm going to do is put, uh, okay. put it in Lock there. It like, together. yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you have from the new album? You have devil's cord. You have, um, right on the moon. You have, um, sun, uh, December snow. What do you have? Sean says he's sending me, um, December snow and then devil's cord. And so those two are, those two are perfect because, okay. um, they're, they're probably the most done. December snow, okay. which is really cool because it's, you know, it's me and then it's with uh, people from Skinny Puppy, which I don't know if you wow. remember them. They're yes, I like, do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this like Romanian vocalist that surprisingly sounds a lot like Anissa, <laughs> <laughs> huh. like yeah. incredibly like her. <laughs> right on. And I'm dating, I'm dating this girl from Romania and it's really rock because when I was in Romania, this is yeah. a side note. Yeah. Um, I went to this monastery. Sorry. And um, yeah. I'm smoking a cigarette. Okay. And um, and uh, I take these photos. This is like, what What was that? 88, 89. And uh, I take this photo of this mountainside. And I have it in black and white, of course. I always shoot in black and white. And, um, and uh, I'm in Mexico in this remote area. And I'm at a dinner party with all these people, you know, uh-huh. and, um, there's this gorgeous woman and she's sitting there. And so I start talking to her, of course, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm such a, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a total flood. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, truly I'm horrible. And no, so, truly. um, 
<laughs> and so um, we start talking, blah, blah, blah. She's from Romania. She's from Bukovina. And I'm like, oh, Bukovina, I went to the monastery there, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you know, about, you know, six months later, I send her an image of, like, these photos I took. And then she's like, that's my house. Wow. She's like, she's like, and I took this photo in 1989. She's like, yes, that is, you took a photo of my house that I grew <gasps> up in. And I'm like, holy heck, you know? So yes. I'm like, you know, so it's like, that's been really fun because then now we're like really good friends and stuff. And it's really cool. But oh it's like, God. that's crazy, right? No, that's the How's shit that I love. Happen? I love that shit. That's the stuff I yeah. live for. Like what? Okay. Like what are the chances? I know. I know. Yes. I, I'm in a monastery because I wanted to be at a monastery and I wanted to camp outside the monastery. And then I heard that like they were actually going to king the new gypsy of all of Europe. And so I was like, I got to be there for this. Gotta see and that. then I take photos and then I take a photo of her, her parents in her own house. And yes. she's like, are you insane? No one, no American has ever been to this area for one. You know? Wow. <laughs> I love crazy. that though. It's like, that's the yeah. magic I feel like of living that I really, I, I crave like, cause I, I love that stuff. Like that we're all interconnected. And you know, if you think yeah. about someone long yeah. enough, they show up. And, um, I, I always, as a kid, like even when I was like eight years old, I remember distinctly two things. I, I remember saying to myself in the mirror, like, I want life to be magic. Like I want to know what, you know, like magic powers or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. I was, I was like, I also want my eyes to be green. You know what I mean? And so part of me is just <laughs> like, like some of those things that like, just, you know, they, sh I've always believed that. And, um, Did and your eyes that's, become green? They are much greener than they were. Yes. They turning more, way more green. It's, wow. cr it's crazy, but I love it. Then, you know, it gives you some sense of hope and excitement to me when, when things like that happen too. Cause all you're things like, are possible. all you things know, are thought possible. is energy. Yes. Like, you throw it out there. It's like there's thought, then there's the word, then there's the action. So it's like, totally. you start with the thought, then it, can manifest itself into, you know, an action. Here's you know? some, so I, w I want to play, we'll play December snow first and then we'll have links to both, Great. but I want to ask you, um, yeah. advice. So yeah. I, what do you do with this feeling? So I am, I've been writing these songs and, and, um, it's been, you know, sort of slow, it's been good. Like I know when, when I'm crying during a certain song, I know I'm really fully expressing, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm hitting on what I want. Like, not that I need to cry every right. time, but, but there's some songs that are really just rocking me and, and it's personal. you right. Like I'm just, it's just what's coming out of me and that's all I'm really yeah. looking for, but I'm feeling nervous about, and I'm not sure what this is in me. I'm feeling nervous about the next step of finding people who are going to be the right people to come together and help me, make this record because I'm not, I don't feel like I am like most people I'm around in terms of what I want to do. Like I'm not playing alt country. I'm not doing rock and roll. It is, it's almost music could lend itself more to like a theater piece or, mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. piano based, all that. But I'm nervous when I go to look for people, I think I'm really, um, scarred a little bit and I'm a little nervous mm -hmm. and I'm trying, I'm trying not to control it, but I'm shy and nervous. I've, some people have come up like kind of the magic and yeah. I feel really 
nervous and I'm trying to let it go. I'm trying to just be like, just go talk to him, see what happens. And so I was just looking for your advice on that kind of feeling. Well, my first um, thought would be to um, try to connect with Michael Kotze. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Um, He's a genius for one. Um, He has the best studio in all of Seattle. And um, he knows, you know, like, as far as a drummer, I would bring in uh, David Gilmore. Um, he was in um, Mother Love Bone. And, oh, yeah. Um, Gilmore's, he's, he's very, very spiritual. He's very technically perfect. And um, so I would bring in David Gilmore. I would try to connect with Michael and just have a sit down. Okay. Because he's a, he, his studio's off the charts awesome. He's an incredible engineer producer. Um, just, you know, so then, um, guitar wise, that's, that's really up to you. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, think I gotta that, tell um, you, I think some of yeah. this is really not going to have guitar at all. Like I, I'm thinking, well, it just depends. Like I'm looking at other treatments, sure. like, um, not necessarily like Bjork in terms of I want to, but just some of her experimentations with just voice or I'm mm-hmm. looking at, um, and this is just sound nice. and textures like the Amy Winehouse records or Adele in terms of like a vocalist and piano accompaniment, but there's also Feist, certain treatments yeah. from her last record metals. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, so there's, and then there's also just some, like, I hear songs where I'm like, Oh, there's, there is no guitar. There's just um, like strings and drums. I'm like, it might be just that. Yeah. And what I want. That's why and, Michael's perfect for you. Is he? And I think Michael yeah, can get emotionally. A, I think Michael can get emotionally that. attacked. Don't you think like my thing is I, I am, and I'm, and this is my knee jerk. I'm like, is this too much to ask? But I was like, I want someone to get in there emotionally with me. And I want them to honestly love the music too. Like they have to be in love with it too, to be sort of like, I, I want that. Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. I want emotionally like, holy shit, this is personal. And let's, I, they got to be into it. And so I think that's where I get really vulnerable too. Like, ooh, geez. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it when um, Bowie uh, produced um, Transformer for yeah. um, for Lou. It was like, I'm doing this because I freaking, you know, idolize you and I love you. And he did it, I think, for free. And it's like, I need to make this album with you. You know, like, and I'm not saying that Michael would do that, but sure. he would definitely make the right album with you. So I start there. Okay. Um, I would say um, bass, you know, Wano from, you know, he, he's now the lead singer for Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know. which is hilarious. Our yeah. bass player, right? He's now the lead singer for Yes. Um, oh, God. You know, you know, like, He's the best bass player I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but he lives in, um, like, Laguna Beach. But um, he loves coming to Seattle, and he always stays at Michael's place. It's in the studio. He sleeps on the floor. Um, oh, yeah. He's one of he's one of those kind of guys. And, um, you know, because I don't know a lot of other bass players that, that yeah. have that sensitivity. Um, you could bring in Ben also as a drummer. Um, right. Because I'm just drawing on my like pool of sure. people that I think are like the best of the best. Um, Do you ever feel like, vulnerable like that? Do you ever have those moments? Like you might not. Like I, I'm trying to get over my fears. I think, and I think I'm trying to yeah, control, control. You know, 
the the key is to do it. Yeah. You know, it's like, there you, you go. know, just like, if you think too much about it, then you're gonna, it's never going to happen. You're right. And then, you know, but also, of course, you, you know, there's the practical side. You have to have the finances in mind. And it's like, yeah. okay, this track's going to cost this much. And where do I start? Um, do I make, you know, do I start with one song and, and put it out there and see if there's a response? Because right. that's kind of how it is now. It's like, you know, we grew up in the idea of like building albums um, and it's a totally different game now. So it's like, what about if we just start like what we're doing with, um, with Sean is it's like, let's build chapters in a book Ooh, and yeah. we release different chapters, you know? So it's like, here's chapter one, you know, and it's this song, you know, called whatever. And it's like, then you, then you move on to the next song you just keep releasing and for me, it's like I'm. Re- we're just releasing through the moons, you know, or seasons, basically. So right. like every full moon, release a song. And so awesome. I'm, you know, I'm the head of the curve. I already have five songs, so I got myself to May. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. And then you know, and I recorded in Norway, and I, you know, and so I've got two songs coming out of there. So that gets me almost through uh, June, July, and then you know, and then we do remixes. It's really beautiful because. Um, that's how it should be. It's, you know, and I wish I was going to two inch tape. I wish I was doing all these things and I wish, it, but eventually we will press the vinyl and cause that's the key. Vinyl is everything. I only listen to vinyl. I don't listen to CDs. I don't listen to downloads. I only listen to vinyl. Oh, and wow. so that's all I have. I don't have a TV. I don't have a radio. I don't have anything. I have a record player and a really good speaker system and that's it. Right on. <laughs> that's 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 it. You know, so I, think, I am yeah. playing like old school stuff, but there is, you know, there is a movement now with vinyl um, that is it, because it's so warm. You know, it's like you're really getting it when the needle hits the vinyl. It's like, wow, that yeah. is the sound that is real. You know, it, that's been there for like freaking fifty years now. It's like at least, you know. Well, I think you've got your also your environment set up with no television or radio that like you're preserving your creativity. You're not getting distracted by just the amount of garbage that's out there, like distracting oh, yeah, garbage. No, no. Like, yeah. Yeah. When I see, like the only time I watch TV is in airports, you know, right. and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? What? There's this guy named Donald Trump, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Is he for yeah. real? What yeah, exactly. A like, you know, there's going to be a revolution in this country if he gets oh. even close to being president. Like, there is no way that's going to happen. It there's can't be, happen. Yeah, it can't I'm with happen. you. No. Oh, no, my God, yeah, no. no. It, I think what's sad, though, is that, um, and I'll try not to go down a political thing, but it's like, it's just, <laughs> it's just sad that, like, America, they're putting energy and time into it because we are kind of that, like, car crash reality culture now exactly. we're like ooh, the we weirder drama. the better it's awful it's so it's drama. pointless it's such a waste yeah. of time like it's sick the rest yeah, of the world is looking is. at us like yep you know they loved obama because it was like he was so smart he's so on top of it and then suddenly we're gonna what are we gonna do put us back oh 20 years back to the bush and reagan years as as, as, um, as the rest of the world looks at us like you're fucking idiots and you're the empire of the world it's yeah. 
you know, we're going to lose all trust, everything. <laughs> the rest of the world's going to be like, oh, you guys are absolute idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like, oh my God, don't leave us. Like, don't leave, don't leave us. Like where, you know, I don't, between everyone even, I mean, I like Bernie Sanders because, because I think he's smart and I, but I don't think he'd ever get elected, but, um, which is sad. Well, no, he, he's awesome. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's very old and yeah. he's, um, and I don't think America is ready for a socialist. Right. Even oh though God, I no. am, of course, I, I am a socialist. You know, I'm totally down with him. But I, I also think that, like, you know, with Hillary, we get, we're going to get Bill. And they're two very, very, very intelligent people mm-hmm. together. And um, I would love to see a female president. Yeah. I would love it. You know, it's like we go from a black president to a woman president. Yeah. Like, look how fucking cool we are. Oh, We're like, America's like has a chance to really, really, really nail it. If we go the other way, we're, we're back yeah. in the dark ages, you know, just like, yeah. bad. you know, like we can't have a, we can't have a racist president. Oh my God. No, it's he so awful. He's a racist president. You know, he's oh, a yeah. racist. Well, and he has to interact globally. So what the hell is Trump? I mean, just as a global ambassador, no way. Like who? I I don't know that most of the world would take him. Like, (laughs) well, what I wish, and I mean, this would be a, probably a bad call, but if, um, because he would win, but I like him is Bloomberg. Oh yeah. You know, Bloomberg ran New York city for 12 years and it's never been, better than these last 12 years you know like bloomberg you know what he gets um for a year as a as you know mayor or mayor of new york what's that no one dollar oh wow he takes one dollar a year to be mayor of new york city oh yeah doesn't even and he doesn't even cash the dollar he's just like (laughs) you know (laughs) i've met him a few times and he's he's off the charts smart. Wow. Um, he he's not Republican. He's not Democrat. He's independent. He's just like this is how you run things, and this is how we prosper, and this is how it goes. He created more like bike lanes in New York City than and well, no one's even created bike lanes until him. He takes yeah. the subway to work. He doesn't yeah. live in the mansion. He lives at his own home. He takes one dollar a year and and just nails it. So right. it's like that would be amazing. Run, if he would have run, he might run as an independent, which would be kind of fucked because um it would divide the vote where I'm right. just hoping that like it's gonna be Trump because he's such a freaking asshole. <sighs> um and then it's gonna be Hillary versus Trump. And are they gonna, you know, like how could you imagine being a woman and not vote for a woman? Like, how stupid would you have to be? You know, I don't know. I'm I think, sorry. I think some people, you know? um, and I, I couldn't know because I just don't know how everybody feels about it. But I think that um, some women get along great with women. Some women don't can't relate at all, and they get you know they they relate better to man you know men in a power position. I mean, there's a lot of that out there. Right, I think some right. people find Hillary cold. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's really I easy know, know. to prescribe the bitch persona to her, you know, write a woman off as a bitch, you know, or there's just so many ways that women, women to women, not, well, yeah. not just men, are marginalized. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to, 
I'm going to reduce yeah. all of your talent or your abilities to you're a cold bitch or I, you know, like just something that yeah. doesn't take yeah. into consideration their abilities. A powerful woman is so intimidating, you yeah. know, and especially to probably men and other women who don't feel like they could ever have their own power. And yeah. so that's just like, that's, that's scary. Yeah. Um, but you know, Maybe it's just going to be a really low turnout. Oh my God, who knows? So sad. It's so sad. I mean, sad. if you ask me, <laughs> it's just, everyone's just like, oh, whatever. You know, but like, that's scary to me too because, like, I don't know, whatever. That's politics. We can get off. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Then. We got to get ourselves out of it. Hey, here's a random thing. So yeah. we moved to Tacoma, which I'm really loving as, um, because people here, Tacoma is awesome. Yeah, yeah, super magical. Lots of people are very open and friendly. Lots of collaboration. But I also remember yeah. Sky Cries Mary and Goodness played a show in downtown Tacoma. Do you remember that? At the like, theater. Yeah, there was like some, but it was like a weird building. Um, it was a theater. It was awesome. Is it funny? Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I'll drive through Tacoma and be like, oh yeah, I played a show there, you know. And I was, I always remember <laughs> that show. Um, and that was so, an amazing show. It's not funny. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, um, I love that. Do you think? Because uh, I have friends who are going through massive changes, and I hope you don't mind if I ask. Like, um, you can ask me anything you want. Well, I have a friend who's going through, again, just like one of those moments where all shit hits the fan. Like his yeah. father passed and his um, his wife just decided, oh, I'm not in love with you. And she did, you know, and, and their scenario is that she's being pretty awful. And it's just like this trifecta of, you know, he's trying so hard to recover from the grief of his dad and then th- and then his wife and then her, his mom got really uh, ill. And so it's I talked to him the other day and he's just like. He's a very strong person, but at the same time, just like devastated on the inside. And I just wonder like how yeah. you get through that and how, like when those things happen with like your mom and Anissa and all that, like, did you see it coming or between you and Anissa, like what was the breakdown? Like what, why, why not? You know, why did, why did it end up happening? Well, you know, we were, you know, like I've known her, God, what now? 30 years. Um, I, uh, and then we were married for what, 20 years or something, 19 years. And, um, I think it's kind of twofold. It's like we had a child, mm-hmm. beautiful Petra, and I had absolutely different, you know, you never know. You're like, you yeah. know, you're floating through space and then suddenly, you know, it's like, oh, let's have a child. And we had totally different ideas of how to raise a child. Okay. You know, like my whole thing is nature based. It's like, I want her to like do organic gardening. I want to teach her about composting. I want to do this and this. I want her to like hang out with me in the forest. And Anisha's like, you know, and nothing against her. She's the greatest mom in the world. Anisha is an amazing mom. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll say that straight up. And it's just like, I don't know. And then um, I was still dealing with like massive depression, to be honest. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm bipolar, you know, which is not a boutique diagnosis. It's like, no, it's heavy. Like, I, it is heavy. I'm the most extreme level of bipolar. So it's like, um, you know, if I don't take my medicine, I like, I'm like basically schizophrenic, which is a hard thing to say to right. you. But, uh, oh, um, right. so, um, yeah, no, it's severe. So, 
so um and so anyways um like Anissa and I were just like we drifted apart you know it was like I get you know, it. it it just became more and more of a, a distance between us and um and it wasn't you know obviously our daughter Petra it was just like I'm not saying we fell out of love. It's just that we just drifted too far apart. And I then get that. in that point, and then that point, it became kind of toxic. You know, it's like we were, you know, like we had arguments over stuff that didn't even matter. You know, right. it's like it was ridiculous. And so then finally, you know, um, she made the realization I was in denial that it just wasn't working. We went to therapy, we went to do all this stuff, and you know, and it was like it just wasn't working anymore. And then, then you know, that's that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's like okay, it's not working. Let's move on, you know, and right. let's make it let's make it you know positive for Petra, and then let's just not get into like all of the baggage. You know, it's like we had some phenomenal years there. We had great, you know, everything for so many years, the touring, the lovemaking, everything was great. And then suddenly it just kind of like, it just fell apart. And that's, and that's okay. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's nature. It's like, I'm not sure that we're all made to be like together for life. Even though my mom and dad were together for 52 years, which was amazing. Right. You know, until my mom passed, but it's like, okay, that's, that's just super rare. That's like right. that one hundredth of one hundredth percent, you know, it's like, that's fantastic. But I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm not that person, you well, know, and, you know, I think, and it is what it is, you know. I think being married is one of the hardest things ever to people, to individuals with their own life paths and their own learning paths coming together. And then you add a, a child rearing to it. I mean, these are tough uh, partnership moments, you know, like testers. I yeah. think that I, yeah. I'm not surprised when people dr drift apart because I do find it, honestly, it's very difficult. I think when uh, Marty and I have definitely been through the ups and downs and there's, and there's, your own personal like reactions and defenses and getting through those and continue, you know, with the goal of like keeping the partnership together is the hardest work ever. I oh, think. for sure. It's just for crazy sure. town. So, um, it is crazy I, town and keeping yeah. the passion, you know, like, yeah. keeping the, you know, because it's really about that. Like it can't get mundane. It, it has to be like, you know, not that, you know, you, you can't, like, recreate that uh, honeymoon sure. or, you know, that infatuation stage. It's just like, you know you love each other, and you know you're dedicated, but you also kind of keep it really, like, sexy and fun and yeah. all that, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, it's like, whatever. It's like, things happen, you know? It's like, people become insecure about their bodies or whatever and then suddenly they shut down and then suddenly they get it back and then you know other people are attracted you know right like, oh yeah you know yeah all that and it's like you know there's these balance and then suddenly you're like oh but i've always been here for you but 
you know, whatever. It's, it's, I know I, I'm. That's a lot I'm to weather. Out my ass right now. No, yeah. no, you're making total sense. I just want you to know that you're making total sense because that's what you weather, and it's you know, it, it's it, you rely in terms of trust on the other person to like you know, like you can't make another person like get it and meet you in the same place again. Right. Like I may go through journeys internally that are separate from Marty and, uh, hopefully I figure something out, you know, and we meet again and he goes through certain things and it's, it's terrifying in terms of trust. Like, well, I hope you yeah. figure that out. Cause if you don't like it, it could spiral off into this thing that ends us or, um, right. because exactly. I, you know, there's just, there are lines where you just start to go like, okay, you're like, you're not, you're not, whatever that is. Like we're not meeting up again in the place post these rides, like these waves of things that, you know, like women having babies, you definitely like your libido can go out the door or you don't like how you look. And then I know exactly what you're talking about, about, uh, I know like if I start working out and feel really good about myself, you start to attract people or it rejuvenates your relationship with your partner, but it can also open up that moment where someone's like, Hey, and you know, those are tester moments. And you know, it's like, Oh, I'm, if I feel good about myself, I'm fully feeling alive and all of this. So there's so much shit to ride through in a relationship so much. And no one tells you that no one teaches you that. There's no manual for it. No. Yeah, there's no manual for like marriage and there's no manual for having a child. No. It's just like, you just gotta go with it. <laughs> and number one, it's a, I mean, I think what happened, to be totally honest, is that Anissa was like absolutely everything to me. And mm-hmm. suddenly I had Petra and Anissa became second because really everything to me was this child that I adore and love and cherish. And so she became second. And that, right. that's not that easy for someone who's been treated as number one for 20 years. Oh, yeah. Number two. You know what I mean? It's like, it, that sounds very simplistic, but it's like what it is. It's like. Oh, no. I totally get that. Nothing means more than me than my daughter. Nothing right. in the world. I, I, right. Everything I do, like every treehouse I build, every album I make, every dollar I make, is really to make sure that my daughter it's going to be okay. You know, right. like, you know, like I own my apartment. I own another apartment. Um, I'm going to buy a place in Scotland. Everything that I buy or do or own is all for her. Like right. my will means zero. It just means everything goes to Petra. That's the bottom line. Everything, everything that I do goes to her because she's the whole thing in my world. It's like, you know, but I enjoy my life. I love doing my art. I love doing everything I'm doing. But um, in the end, it's like, whatever, it goes all to Petra because she's absolutely everything in my life. That's it. Yep. Carte blanche. I don't care if I, you know, need another, you know, I have a few girlfriends, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's like, they're all clear about it. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry, you're awesome. I love you know, being with you, but everything in my life goes to Petra. That's it. Well, carte blanche. Parent child, parent child relationship is profound. I mean, it's profound. It is, um, man. We made them, you know, in yeah. the Well, same thing. Like Marty and I will be like, if I it was like, if Orion wasn't here, then I'm like, then we would go back to, you're right. Like focusing on each other and, and also navigating things probably easier. Cause we've already seen crazy or, you know, like I'm comfortable with like crazy and 
you know, like crime or whatever on my own. But like now with Orion in the world, I'm like, one, you're right. My focus is fractured and, uh, and the burden of worrying about him is, is kind of heavy too, right? Like I'd be willing to move to someplace strange or whatever, but I'm like, but then I'm putting Orion through that. And you're right. So the focus of like, Oh no, he's, he's the focus. I don't go off and do wingding, you know, like things that I'm comfortable with because yeah. It all affects him. So, anyways. Well, yeah. There's nothing more important. Right. Nothing. To be honest. Yeah. You know, I get it. We're here. Our parents brought us in, and our parents, you know, leave, and we have our brothers and sisters, you know, and such. And it's like, but this is there's this there's this person that we created. You know, it's like greater than anything I could ever build. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I might build like seventy tree houses, and nothing's going to compare to that. Right. Um, I might, you know, write thirteen albums, but nothing's going to compare to that. It's like yeah. there's nothing I could possibly do that is more important than my daughter. I love nothing. That. Yeah, I love that. And that's You're the truth. Dad. You know, yeah. It's that's the bottom line. It's like you know, and. um Oh, I had something great to say to you, but I can't, I forgot the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have to do? Do you have music? another question? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I think um, I think we're gonna wrap up here. Although I don't want to stop talking, I could talk to you forever. We could always do it. I know, two. right? Cause, yeah. Well, but you when you're in anytime, Seattle, you know that, Carrie. Oh, I yeah. love that. Thank you. You know, I would love to just as um, I've really been wishing for peers, like, and really wanting some mentors and I have a couple friends who are writers, but I would love to ha- include you in someone I could call and say like, okay, I'm, I'm losing my mind over this song or so no, many I'm your Okay. I love it. Well, you can call me anytime. And I really do think you should probably hook up with Michael Kotze I'm gonna and do then, it. you know, create a band around you, but yeah. like keep it to exactly what you want. Don't overextend yourself. Go, Oh, I need this. I need this. But you probably don't, you yeah. know, like if you want to like a string section, then, bring in a string section if you want like a horn section you know because I, I i was watching the uh, you know i don't know if you've seen it but the amy winehouse documentary so I've, i haven't um, seen the one that's out in the movies yet but i've seen other stuff it'll make you cry i know it'll make Ugh. you cry yeah when i saw i went to brooklyn to watch it in a small theater and there was maybe 18 to 20 people in the theater and no one no one left until it just was done. The credits were done. People were uh, flying. Amy Winehouse? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That woman was I off know. the charts. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I underrated her. I was like, oh, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, she's hot. She has really cool eyes. And yeah. I love her makeup. And I like her tattoos. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then yeah. I see the film. And I'm like, holy hell. Yeah. You know, she was one of the greatest female vocalists of the last 30 years. And a musician. Like, she wrote those songs, you know, like, what great lyrics. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, to go, fit, go yeah. to black is like, holy hell. Like, the lyrics to her oh. music are just amazing. Amazing. And, yeah. And, you know, and, um, you know, it's kind of that, like, archetypical, like, oh, her dad's a mother freaking asshole. Oh, you know, like it is. I gotta dad, go see it. He's a villain. And so was her like boyfriend. What are yeah. they just you know, they were just like these like life suckers or whatever they call that, you know. It's like yeah. they were just like piranhas. And it's like 
here's this genius artist. And if she would have just been nurtured a little longer, but me, you know, she's another 27, you know? I know. Like Kurt. Oh, I like know. Like Jim and like yep. Hendrix and like Janis Joplin, you know? But like usually the 27 is about men because that's when we go to Venus. It's like, yeah. but um, it's it was brutal because I just, oh, it yeah. crushed me because, yeah. I mean, God, I wish I would have met her and I could have dated her and got her out of that whole thing. <laughs> well, I think she had her own personality issues too, though. You know what I mean? Like there's suggestions okay. about like personality disorder or definitely addiction. Like, you know, some people yeah. have very addictive and don't give them, you know, any bit of that, the candy cause they'll lose their minds. And so, um, yeah. I, I think yeah. everybody's destinies are pretty fascinating, but 27. Yeah. That struck me. I was like, what the hell goes on at 27? But anyways, yeah, it's called the Venus year. But, yeah, um, okay. you know, I've been suffering with that and we'll end this with this. It's just like, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I'm like really dealing with it and like come back and forth with it, you know? And it's like, I understand you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like, I come back and forth, you know, it's like, I'm not, you know, I go to AA, which I'm probably not supposed to say, but, um, you know, That's it's okay. just like, you know, I do what I do, and um, and sometimes I just, you know, whatever. I went to Scotland and I drank scotch. Of course, I did. Right. <laughs> how, right. How do you not go to Scotland? Right. And not I know. Drink scotch? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know, and I come through it, and I I'm back in, and I'm good, and I'm not like sober, but I'm like at least I'm not like a blackout drunk or something. You know. Well, I would wonder too, with the heavy amount of creativity that is within you, like, I feel like that it's easy to fall into nurturing yourself with things like that, because I, I don't know, it, that's a lot of, that's a lot of output. That's a lot of vulnerability, a lot of creativity. And sometimes it's, it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's, I mean, you're taking and well, like risks and new things and sustaining things. And I don't know if you feel all those, that stuff, but, but, uh, I can see why people medicate and I can see why people, yeah, uh, exactly. go to have yeah. little comfortable islands of numb in order to, uh, get some respite, frankly. Yeah. Oh, that's a really nice way of saying it. Respite is perfect because right. that's what it is. It's like, I'm not like searching for oblivion. You know, I'm right. like, I just need a reprieve. I need like, I just need to be able to go to sleep. I need to be able to like reflect. And then, you know, it's just like, I, it's not like I'm not being creative, right? I'm like, no. you know, I'm you writing songs every day. I'm building tree houses every day. I have my own TV show now. <laughs> oh my God. I want to see that. You have to send Oh yeah. My that. new TV show is amazing. Yeah. I just wrapped it yesterday. Oh, I, was I can't wait. Oh yeah. Treehouse masters. Like, Treehouse masters. Okay. I'm, I'm all over that. Oh yeah. So, um, February 26th is the debut of like my big, big show. Like, <gasps> I um, yeah, I just finished it like yesterday. I was like 80 feet up in this cherry picker acting like I was enlightened. It was hilarious. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> no, I literally was. It was crazy. And they're like, okay, close your eyes and act like you're levitating. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. And then we did it like five times. And then, then they said, okay, this time open your eyes and come down. And I'm like, holy hell. I was like, yeah. I had no idea what this far up. <laughs> I got, you know, it was, it was like crazy. 
But, um, well, I you know, think it's going to be great. I think I think that'll be amazing to watch. And I do think, I mean, does it feel this way to you? You have a lot going on in your mind, and that can feel, I feel like that can feel, um, like it's, 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 you don't get a rest, right? Like there is this right. sort of body rest or mental rest that sometimes I That's think cer- certain kind of pot would be good for or whatever. Not that I'm suggesting that, but, but I can understand like some sense of mental calm where you're like, not another, you know, no more project, just a little bit of, you know, relaxing air. Like I could see, I have felt that before where I was like, I just need a little summer vacation right now. I need, yeah, you know, I'm exactly. on the beach. I have a glass of wine. I'm with friends. I'm safe. And I just want to chill for a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, it is important. I, I, I have the hardest time creating that space. Yeah. And, um, when I do, I'm like, I have anxiety for a few days and then I'm like, Oh no, you know what? I need this. Cause right. suddenly a new idea comes in, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and then it's like, okay, it's just an idea, whatever. Don't dwell on it. You know, like, okay. Right. You know, but it, it's fucking hard. It's like, hard. We're artists, you know? We're yes. Like, this is what we do. And I've been doing it my entire life. Right. And so, you know, so, Maybe if I you mean, could, it's all right, you know, it's all right, but it's hard. But may, what I've been thinking about is if you could, if you find time to connect yourself to and meditate with like things that are hundred solid, right? Like mother earth. Like if you yeah. had like, you're not, so you could go to a place where it's like, you're not alone, but you're going to do a traditional earth connection thing. And that's the process, right? Like where you go, mm-hmm. I'm going to go off and I need to sit and meditate or, and then I am, imagine myself connected to this planet and that's, what's going to keep me tethered to the ground and grounded. And it's a real thing. So I'm going to do some, you know, I'm going to do this magical relaxing for myself and let real things nourish and rejuvenate you as opposed to things that are temporary that ultimately kind of tear, you know, like alcohol is a depressant. So, um, it's not, it's, it's an evil mistress is what I call it. And, um, evil mistress and it's ultimately hurting you, but there are powerful magical things I think in the, on the planet itself that could take care of you. I think. Well, no, it's totally true. Um, it's just that, um, you know, like there's these poisons out there and for some reason people like to poison themselves. I mean, think about like, like I'm a vegetarian, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been vegetarian for 35 years. And it's just like people are poisoning themselves every day, but they seem to be okay with it, like eating these meats and, you know, these factory farm chickens and all this stuff. But it's like, um, for me, it's like when my mom died, you know, that's when I went on medication because they finally said, you know, to really, you know, you're absolutely bipolar. So that's when I went to rehab. Yeah. You know, because I had to go to rehab. I was like, I had to go. Right. Because otherwise I was going to die. Right. You know, you know? and then well, those um, are major traumas. Your whole like when you take if you have something going on with your mind in general, and then you take a massive foundational person out of your life. I mean, yeah. everyone, everyone's got to survive through these waves of life changes. It's hard mm-hmm. and good mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, it was it was it was the best choice ever. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. It was like a restart, you know, it's like, and, um, and that's what it is, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, we're, we're artists, 
you yes. know, there's no, line, you know, there's you no know, shame like, in it. There's no shame in yeah, like, no, no, you know, did, um, you know, Jackson Pollock or did uh, Picasso <laughs> or Dali or did, um, you know, Moreau or any of the greats go to, um, we haven't no, but they probably could have. But right. <laughs> my whole right. thing is, it's like, I want to stay alive for my daughter right. and yep. I want to keep creating art. And the only way to do that is to like keep checking in on myself. You know, totally. like, I have an art show coming out. Like I'm doing an art show like in uh, two weeks with Spencer Tunick. He's the guy who does like, you know, say like 5,000 naked bodies along the river. Oh, or, right. Yeah. You know, so oh, it's Spencer and I doing the show together. And then, um, and then my next show is with Lori Anderson. And, and then, you know, I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of going with it again, you know. I don't know where it's going to fall or sure. what's going to happen, but it's like, and then I have my TV show. So it's like, I'll do four episodes. And, um, you know, I'll just, you know, again, like, you know, it's like, I don't want to think too much about it. I just want right. to keep cooking. And I've got drawings to do tonight. And I've got, like, to get on this stone piece and make this sculpture perfect. And then, I'm kind of done for the day and then tomorrow I'll work on it again. And then, um, and then Tuesday I install the show and then Wednesday I come back home and then, um, I start writing some more music and then that's it. You know, so that's my life. Yeah. You know? Well, and as you would do yeah. those things, I mean, if you had your touchstone where I like to do things where I, I seriously talk to my mom, like I know I need, uh, I like having a touchstone moment where I just, I sit and I, um, I just share. Cause I think it's the sharing that I miss and yeah, um, it helps right. me touchstone and it helps me go like, um, I'm here on the planet still. And there's yeah. lots I'm, I'm going to like about that and work on. And in the meantime, it soothes my soul to, to talk with her as if she was here to say like, Oh, look what I look what I did this week. And, just so I feel like I'm communing with my existence uh, yeah. deeper. So I don't know. Well, what, hey, Carrie, what's the difference between like you and I talking and or you talking to your mom? Aren't we talking into space? It's right. like, you know, like she's as close to you as I am. Right. Yeah. And the same to my mom. It's like, you know, whatever. This is, we have phones and. And we're talking through the ether, and then you hear me, and I hear you. Why can't um, people outside of our realm hear us too? Why yeah. not? I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's just frequency, and it's just energy. And you know, there's the thought, then there's you know, then there's the word, then there's the action. It's yep. like they're all around us. They don't leave us. It's just energy flowing, and so like you put it out there and keep it in the positive realm and you're reaching out to your mom. Like I reach out to my mom and I just go, you know, just, you know, give me some guidance here because yes. I, I feel a little lost, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what it is. You know, it's like, you're not expecting something. You're just putting it out there. Right. You know? Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. A hundred percent. And so on that note, I am going okay. to say that our mothers are watching us and they're very proud 
and they want their <laughs> little um, smart geniuses to go out and create beautiful things and enjoy yourself. And <laughs> and I just want to say, I just, I just, I cherish you. I think you're wonderful. And I, I look Same. forward to talking to you more. And should you need anything, I'm always here as well. Same. All right, my friend. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, again, when Bye, you're in lady. Seattle, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Okay. Good night, ladies. Bye. Bye-bye, hon. Bye.